You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Sex toy sales are skyrocketing because people want orgasms now more than ever. And Adam and Eve is here to help you with an incredible deal to make all your sexual dreams come true. They are offering my listeners the deal of a lifetime. All you have to do is head over to adamandeve.com, pick out one item. It could be anything you desire. Not only do they have sex toys, but they also have movies, lingerie, games, and so much more. And they will give you 10 free gifts. Yes, they are literally giving away 10 sexy surprises to boost your sexual pleasure. All you have to do is type in your code HOLLY and you'll automatically get these 10 free gifts plus free shipping. That's holly at adamandeve.com. Hi, I'm Holly Randall, and welcome to my podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. This is a show about sex, the adult industry, and the people in it. I'm a 21-year veteran of this fascinating little industry, and as the eldest child of the trailblazing erotic photographer, Suze Randall, you could say I grew up in it. So forget everything you think you know about porn, because this show is going to change your mind. My guests are some of the biggest names in the industry, and we unabashedly reveal the real behind-the-scenes stories. The funny, the inspiring, the tragic, and the bizarre. Everyone has an opinion about sex work, but few people actually listen to the sex workers. So sit back and prepare yourself for a podcast, which is honest, raw, and unfiltered. Today's episode is with Puerto Rican Spitfire Nikki Delano. I first fell in love with Nikki when I shot her for Naughty America. And since it was our first time working together, she decided to bring me a gift and she brought me a pair of dick slippers, which I still have and treasure to this day. From that moment, I knew that this girl was going to be a lot of fun to work with and that absolutely turned out to be true. So I wanted to bring her on the show so you guys could all enjoy this incredibly fun and also very successful porn star as much as I do. So let's welcome Nikki Delano to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Holly Randall Unfiltered. Obviously, still in quarantine, but that's okay because today I have a wonderful guest that I'm very much looking forward to chatting with. I am talking, of course, about the one and only Nikki Delano. Nikki, how are you? I'm so excited. You know what I wore today on my feet? My favorite socks for good luck, Freddy Krueger. <laughs> I'm such a <laughs> fan, so I'm like, I gotta wear my lucky socks <laughs> just for you. <laughs> They're <laughs> well, I have to say my favorite thing actually about this conversation so far, and if you're not watching this on my YouTube channel, then you don't see this, but Nikki has a stand-up of herself yeah. right behind her. <laughs> Is that I think it's so great. Is that so narcissistic? I mean, they're, they're for sale for, you know, my fans that want to have me at their home, you know, you know what I mean, guys? 
<laughs> there, well, I mean, there you go, girl. It's all about marketing, and I know that you know that better than anybody. So it's all about pro- promo, social media. Social media is so important with everything these days. Mm-hmm. It's very important. It is. It is. Even though lately, one would like to maybe not be on social media as much. Yeah, um, there's a lot that. of anger there, but uh, yeah, no, it's definitely something. It's it's a tool that we all need in order to promote our platform. So for sure. Absolutely. I don't even want to go on these days because of all the drama that's happening, especially in the social media world with the industry and with the protesting. I mean, it's yeah. good up to date, but it's like, ugh, you know, kind of like. Yeah. I mean, I definitely try to do my part, but then I also try to just schedule posts through Hootsuite and like, so that I have all my promo set up and that actually you don't have to personally go on social media and like see anything. It'll just automatically do my updates and then I can just walk away from it. Yeah. That's actually very smart. I like that. You should try it. It's, wow. it's great. It used to not allow you to post um, automatically to Instagram, but it's changed. It allows you to do that now, which is huge. Yeah. So you can do Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, yeah. And it's it's a great tool. I'm a I'm big a, fan. A social media queen. Like I love my social media, and I didn't even know that. So you just taught me something brand new. I love it. <laughs> well, I feel like also too though. Like you're somebody who's willing to be on social media a lot and interact in in real time, which is probably why you do so well with your Snapchat. I'm not like that. Like I need to sit down and spend an hour scheduling posts and then not touch it again because. Yeah. For me to like constantly be on it, I'm just not good at that, which is why, honestly, I'm not great with Snapchat. It's just the fact that you can't schedule posts in Snapchat is really irritating to me. Yeah, because that's real time. Like, you have to be on real time live. Yeah. And um, I I think right now with everything going on, I think that's a great idea, at least to like not get jaded by everything because it's like, I love social media, but right now I feel like it's... It's affecting a little bit of my mental health going on there. All I totally. negativity. So maybe during these kind of times, Hootsuite would be the perfect thing to do. So I'm just like, yeah, I can't read everything that I read online right now is not so happy. I want to read happy yeah. stuff. I want to see some some doggy, some kitty cats, some animals. <laughs> You know, it's funny when you go to my Instagram, you know how like it's a, it suggests posts for you to follow based on like what you follow. Yeah. You know, it has those suggestions based on what I follow. All of my suggestions are dogs and uh-huh. chicks, uh-huh. mostly dogs. Yeah. You know, what's the best site that I like to follow? Um, The Dodo, you know, the Dodo. Oh yeah. Yeah. I Dodo. definitely. So cute. I know, but also like, the stories are heart wrenching, though they always have a happy ending, so that's okay. But um, they're just like really intense, you know these these abused dogs. It's really it's, no, it's hard for me. We're over here talking about animals, and this is like an adult media interview. <laughs> well, we love animals. It's funny because industry people, we love dogs. We really, really love our animals. So. It's, yeah. It's well, there's something about that kind of unconditional love that I think is important to people. I think especially to people who work in a in a marginalized industry, you know? I mean, you know more than anybody the stigma that comes with your job and people can be mean and they can really 
view you in a negative light based on something that they don't really understand. Whereas dogs love you no matter what. Yeah, that's true. And mine just came right in. Hi, Munchkin. He has his own Instagram too. I'm like so crazy about his little Instagram. It's Benzo Benzino. <laughs> He's what a kind of dog chihuahua. is he? He's a Chihuahua mini pincher. Aww. He has this little underbite. Oh my god, I just love it. But I adopted him at the pound, and I um when I saw that underbite, I was like instantly in love. Instantly. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it so unfair how like uh, the uglier the dog is, the cuter he is? Yeah, no, it's, I agree. If you guys, <laughs> yeah, there's this um, Instagram called Freddie Mercury. He's a dog, and he has like so many teeth. Like he was born abnormally with like a hundred teeth in his mouth, and he's so ugly. Yet it makes him so cute. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wish that. Uh, I wish we could be. I don't know. I wish it could inspire the same kind of love in human beings that it does, but I, I know program that way. But oh, I mean, at least we come home to our animals. I mean, with him, I travel everywhere to my featured gigs, not to shoots on set, but you know, around the country he comes with me. It's fun. Cause he's so tiny. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. So can we talk about the first time that you and I ever shot together? Yes, we shot for Naughty America. It was we did. It was with yeah, it was. He was a cute boy. Oh my god! Oh, who did I shoot you with? Yeah, no, he was so cute. He's adorable. Um, Garnet. It was either like it was. There's like a very small amount of like young guys that I shoot for Naughty America. So it was either like Tyler Nixon or Nathan Bronson or Ryan King. Tyler, the Tyler. Okay. Yeah. I remember, I, oh my gosh, like it was on a, um, I was a teacher, a very sexual, seductive teacher with yep. the outfit. And it's funny because I brought a couple of sets with me and they were all too big. So you brought out this like Asian provocateur white set and I wore your set. It was actually, it looks really good. It looked really good. Yeah. I'm so glad that I had it. That's why I always bring wardrobe yeah. um, as well because I just, want to have options, you know, because I, I want you to feel sexy and whatever. I want girls to like what they're wearing. So absolutely. Like for us, if our makeup and hair doesn't look good or we're not dressed properly, we don't feel it. I mean, we feel it, but we don't like, we have to be from head to toe perfect for us to feel confident. I mean, that's oh, totally, that's no, absolutely. I mean, you're selling a sexual image, so you want to feel that way. I totally get that. I am a big proponent of the fact that I believe that makeup and hair is half the battle. That's so important. I cannot emphasize how, what a huge significance my makeup artist plays in my work. I agree. Like on set, if I go, I mean, every production that I shoot for has hair and makeup, but back in the day, like if I shot for a smaller company, we'd have to come hair and makeup ready. And, you know, I mean, my hair and makeup, it's okay. It's not bad. But I didn't feel like a porn star. I didn't feel like an adult film art. You know, I felt like a normal everyday girl. I wanted to look glam, depending on what I'm shooting. So for me, having that great hair and makeup and that great artist, because that airy artist is amazing, but definitely yours, is, she's really good. She's really, really good. Well, I, you know what? I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on the every makeup artist is amazing, because there's a lot that are really <laughs> terrible. Airy uh, me. Oh, that no, no. Backtrack on that. Not airy, but I'm saying the ones that I've used, they have to uh, be good because if they're not good, I'm like, I go to the bathroom and I go and do my own touch-ups because I've had that yeah. where I'm like, did she just turn me into a clown? I thought this was a porn scene, not a circus. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's definitely been situations where, and it's almost, I almost exclusively, I now exclusively only work on my own sets and direct my own movies. But there was a time that I would shoot for other people, like photography for other people. And there was this one director that I worked for who just hired the worst makeup artists and the girls would come out of hair and makeup. And I would be like, ah, <laughs> yeah, you know what it is? Cause sometimes they're a lot cheaper as well. So they go for oh, totally. and you have to have quality and totally. quality. So. Yeah, absolutely. But the reason that I wanted to bring up the first time we worked together was, I mean, not only was, were you so much fun to work with and you have such like great energy and a wonderful presence and you were just so much, such a blast, but you brought me a gift. I know you have them still. Are they so good? Are they so good? Oh girl, oh do God. I still have them? I still have them. They're nice and clean. I still have your gift. I have a gift that I'm going to send her. It's super cute. I wanted to give it to her on to give it to you in person, but right now with the quarantine, but I'm going to send it to you. I haven't had a chance, but look at those slippers. You know, when I got them at Hustler, when I was there, I was like, you know what? <laughs> the perfect gift for Holly. I mean, honestly, I saw these dick slippers and I'm like, you know what? We all make things look in our lives. <laughs> yeah, you look, okay, so for those of you who are not watching the video and listening on the audio, they are a pair of dick slippers. And uh, yeah, of course you would walk into Hustler and see a pair of dick slippers and you're like, that is Holly Randall written all over it. <laughs> I, I loved it. I was so excited. I knew I was going to shoot for you. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give you a gift, you know? I'm like that. I like to do like, you know, cute little things like that. And, um, yeah, I was like, these are for Holly. (laughs) (laughs) No, I loved it. I was so touched. I don't often get gifts, uh, from models. So, uh, I, I was, I was very moved. (laughs) You cherish them because they look top notch. Like you didn't even touch them. Like they're just like perfect, nice and clean. I like that. Yeah, they are. Well, also, too, the problem is is that my dog tries to bite the penis <laughs> when I walk because it's like this little dangly thing, and it's like, oh, it's a toy. Yeah, so. man, that's too funny. But, I mean, picture walking around with some dicks on your feet, like, you know, it's pretty cute. It's pretty cute, you know. Imagine going to style those dick slippers. <laughs> You'd be the dog, <laughs> the dog, dog on set. I love it. I know, right? It's cute. Yeah, no, I, I very much... We had a really good time, and um, I wore this this really mini skirt. It was blue, and Tyler was such a gentleman, and he was very hardcore. In person, he's very smart. He's very mm-hmm. smart, and um, yeah, he had a really nice size dick. And uh, can I say like raunchy words? Am I allowed to say raunchy words? Yeah, yeah, you're allowed to say raunchy words. Can I say, okay. dick? Can I say dick and vagina? You oh, sure can, girl. Penis is the actual term for it, so I'm gonna say penis and vagina. <laughs> it's in the dictionary, so they have proper words. <laughs> yeah, Tyler is great. I really like him. He's um, you know, always treats the girls really well and is mm-hmm. just a stand-up guy and good performer and just like I love him cuz he's like a normal dude, you know what I mean? And he's got he still hangs out with all of his same friends from the his family and he's really close to I mean, sorry, from his high school. He's close to his family. He's one of those guys that doesn't really get caught up in the porn scene. Yeah. You know, he comes and he does his job and then he goes and like travels and surfs and stuff like that. So he's just a really down to earth dude. 
I saw his Instagram the other day, and I'm like, wow, he's really he's really into sports. He does everything. He's a daredevil. Just like mm-hmm. I like skydiving. I like crazy things. Like jumping. Off. Are you like an adrenaline junkie? I am. I get this rush. I've gone on skydiving a handful of times, and every single time, I'm always scared right before I'm going to jump out of that plane. And then when I do, it's like you get this rush. It's like, are you going to live or are you going to die? <laughs> yeah, but it's fun. I got it. I got to say, I, I don't consider myself to be much of a chicken. Um, I can, you know, I've done some pretty, uh, I don't know, have I done any aggressive sports? Maybe not. But anyway, skydiving, I absolutely will not touch. No. There is no, absolutely no way would you ever get me to jump out of a plane. Zero yeah. desire to do that. Are you scared of heights? Yeah. I mean, not heights so so much like that I can't stand, you know, on the edge of like a, not on the edge of a building, as long as there's a railing there. Yeah. Um, not like huge heights phobia, but jumping out of a plane heights. Yeah. I'm not into that. It's the uncertainty, you know, like, are you going to live? Are you going to die? I mean, you're more likely yeah, to die. I'm not down with that. <laughs> you're more likely to die from a car crash and skydiving. But I want to come become an instructor. You remember that guy, Voodoo? Remember Voodoo? Oh, yes, absolutely. And he was a porn star as well. I don't know what happened to him, but yeah, he just one day just disappeared from the industry. And um, he was a skydiver, like an avid skydiver. Maybe maybe he's working in the industry now. I mean, a lot of people kind of, it's funny because people ask me all the time to have guests on who have been out of porn for like decades and I have no idea what happened to them. And they're always like, what happened to them? Like they died. I'm like, they probably moved on with their life and got another job and like started a family and Very they're true. fine. Very true. I mean, sometimes we, we, we get burned out and we want to try something else, you know? So yeah, totally. I get, that. I get that. You had on um, a guest, uh, was it Sasha? Sasha Gray. Yeah. Sasha Gray. She moved on to like mainstream and that was pretty cool. So yeah yeah no you know if 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 it's somebody who is still like either using their adult name or has moved into like a different sphere but like still is attached somewhere somewhat to their adult persona that it makes sense but some people literally just like are not in the adult industry anymore have started a whole new life and they don't necessarily want to come back and you know come on a show and talk about a life that isn't theirs anymore. Like what purpose does that do for them? You know what I mean? I agree with that. I'm thinking about doing a podcast. You know, I have my adult um, show, but I think I want to do a podcast that doesn't revolve around adult. I mean, it kind of will be maybe a little bit, but I kind of want to talk about like, um, like about me, like, you know, back in the day I had an eating disorder, like about my real life, things that, you know, that I dealt with and nobody really knows about. So I think I want to um, do like a mainstream podcast more, not mainstream, but catered more to like the real Nikki, you know, because Nikki so, is a real nickname. So okay, so so let me ask you then. So you have a show on Vivid Radio, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what's it called? It's uh, it's um, it's funny. It's a Spanish. It's tales, lo tales de los culos. So it's like basically it's about ass, but it's not ass. It's basically it's a Spanish version. I do Spanglish on there. But I mean, it's mainly just English, but it's more catered to the Latin community because I also speak Spanish on it as well. Mm-hmm. It's every Wednesday at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST. So. so do you have guests on or do you oh, just yeah. kind of, okay. I have many um, 
adult film actresses on there and some Instagram models and stuff like that. So are you, are you limited to really just talking like about the adult industry and keeping it very sexy and only, do you know what I'm saying? Because I mean, obviously my podcast is like an adult industry podcast, but we, I just have adult industry people on yeah. and we definitely talk about porn, but we also yeah. talk about other things. I mean, I had Xander Corvus on for like two hours and we talked about like the meaning of life and God and like, yeah. like it was great. You know what I mean? Like we didn't talk about porn that much. Yeah. For me though, um, it doesn't have to be only about porn. I also talk about like everyday topics, like, you know, like reality TV, like what's going on. I really kind of like stir away from politics too much on my you know, on that, that aspect, but everything else is free game. Like what's going on, you know, currently I could talk about protesters and stuff like that, but like politics, as far as like, you know, like Trump or any of that stuff, I just steer away from that politics. Everyone has their opinion on, you know, the presidency and all that. And I just don't think that it's a proper thing to talk about. I feel like it's, I don't want to bash anybody because it is live on the air. And, you know, I don't know, like a like oh yeah, that that's a problem because you can't. Yeah, luckily mine's. Yeah, mine is not normally live. In normal times, we do stream it live for my Patreon members. Right now, we can't because we're doing this in quarantine. But I am able to go in and, and edit stuff out. So, um, but when you don't have that option, you do have to be careful what you say for Absolutely. sure. Because what if one day, like maybe you know one of his his colleagues are listening to vivid or like something sexually based and they hear this i mean i don't think i can get sued but possibly you know i mean everyone is entitled to their opinion you know we have our opinions and um i just try to keep it neutral you know yeah and i also too i think that people who want to hear about politics will tune into politics shows you know what i mean they tune into your show because it's fun Mm -hmm. and it's sexy and so the the biggest complaints i've gotten on my show is when we go into politics and i try to i try to also kind of avoid that topic but sometimes if it's something that's really important to my guest or it's really relevant at the time it just comes up i really try not to limit people on what they want to talk about but i definitely the biggest complaints i've gotten is from people who are upset that i we went into anything like gun control or like politics is like people get really angry about so oh, do they are you oh, yeah. guns or against guns? Uh, okay, so <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Thanks, Nikki. You're just putting me right into like the whole subject where I was like, people hate it when I talk about this. Um, <laughs> okay, so I personally do not like guns. I am not a fan of guns. I never have been. My parents hate guns. Yeah, my parents are English, so like they, you know, English people generally are not fans of guns. Um, it's very like an American thing. I mean, obviously people go hunting and, and that kind of thing, but my husband has a gun. Um, he likes to hunt. So, and we have a gun in the house, um, but he keeps it locked up and, and all that kind of thing. So I'm kind of like, you know, responsible gun owners, obviously like, I think that that's, that's fair, but I do think that we need to, consider, uh, gun control laws. Um, and you know, they're, they're just a very dangerous thing to have. I went shooting with him once Uh and 
I shot the gun once and I handed it back to him. And I was like, I don't like this. I don't like holding the power to so easily put a life out in my hands like that. It makes me extremely uncomfortable. So I'm personally not a fan, but I'm not like ban all guns. So I mean, I guess it depends also on how you were brought up too. Like I was brought up in New York and I mean, I don't believe in having a gun. I mean, I think more in the Midwest, they're more about guns and having a gun and being able to hold a gun and host a gun, you know. But for me, growing up in New York, I mean, for me, it's not, I, I don't condone it. Like, you can get in Canada, you get a longer life sentence for having a gun illegally than, you know, prostitution or anything else crazy. Like, you can get wow. a longer sentence for having a gun. So over there... I mean, yeah, they're really against guns, really against guns. Wow, that's crazy. Um, Okay, so we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back. We're going to definitely not talk about guns anymore. I promise you (laughs) all of you pro-gun people who are really mad at me right now. (laughs) Even though, like, I try to kind of be middle ground on it. Um, We're going to talk about how Nikki got into the industry, what it's like to date, as a popular porn star and more about, you know, how she's been able to really successfully monetize an independent career through her personal content platforms. So stick around. We'll be right back. Hello, listeners. Do you love this show? Are you thinking to yourself, man, it's so great that Holly gets all this free content for us to enjoy. I wonder if there's any way that I could support her and help her to create even better content. Well, you can. And I'm going to actually give you something in return for your support. By joining my Patreon at patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered, not only will you be supporting this independent endeavor, which is my podcast, but you will also get all kinds of super cool perks that are available exclusively to members of my Patreon. That means that you will be able to watch my interviews live as they happen and therefore access them way before everybody else does. You will also be able to get signed prints from my guests. You'll be able to access exclusive bonus content such as My LA Porn Life, the podcast that I do with my production manager, Eva, as well as some exclusive interviews that I do on set with some of the biggest stars in the industry. There's so much at my Patreon for you to enjoy, and I would absolutely love it if you would just go give it a peek, see if it might be worth a couple bucks for you to support the show that you love so much. So go to patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. You guys, I'm so excited about my new sponsor because these people are very near and dear to my heart. They've been one of my main clients, if not my main client, for like over the past 10 years. I'm talking, of course, about Twisties, and they're sponsoring my podcast now, and I'm so thrilled. If you didn't know, Twisties is the ultimate site for lesbian and girl-girl scenes. It explores your deepest 
and sexiest fantasies. I've been producing for Twisties for years, like I said, and honestly, I can say it's some of the work I have been the most proud of and the most excited to share with the world. Twisties has been creating the hottest glamour porn for over 18 years with the top names in the industry, now exclusively streaming girl-girl content. Their scenes showcase the most recognizable models working with the best fresh faces, making waves in adult entertainment. Twisties Treat of the Months feature exclusive content and videos produced by me, highlighting the hottest girls of the moment, letting them show off what makes them so addicting. Treat of the Months have included Gina Valentina, Alina Lopez, Emily Willis, Desiree Dolce, Demi Sutra, and Twisties current Treat of the Year, Molly Stewart. To unwrap the hottest treats and mouthwatering scenes, visit twisties.com or you can find them on Twitter at twisties and on Instagram at twisties treats. All right, so we're back. So Nikki, let's let's go back to the beginning. How did you get into the adult industry? So the story is pretty funny. I mean, so I was dating this guy at the time and I was also doing modeling as a hobby. And um I found out he cheated on me. So being a model, the biggest thing we get all the time are offers to do nude modeling, do adult content, to shoot porn. And um, I had um, MindGeek approach me to shoot. And um, I Where did they find you? Um, on Model Mayhem. Is a ah, Model Mayhem. I remember that platform. It's not around anymore. I don't think it's around. No, no. Honestly, like I had a huge falling out with, I mean, with them, with the yeah. platform. They, um, yeah, they're real, they're real shitty over there, to be it's honest. It's hard to like look at them too as well. So the good stuff and the bad stuff. And yeah. um, so for me, okay, so then I got approached by them and, you know, growing up, I grew up in a Catholic home. I went to Catholic school. So for me. Yeah. What's your ethnic, what's your ethnic background? Cause not everybody knows. I'm Latina. I know I look like Caucasian, but I am Puerto Rican. From Puerto Rico. Puerto Rican. Okay. That's what I thought. And so, so, um, growing up very religious and my grandmother raised me. So I knew if she would have found out it would kill her. It would break her heart. So I said no. And, I was so against not doing it. And then I found out the guy that I was dating at the time, he cheated on me. And I was so in love with this narcissistic bodybuilder, handsome piece of shit. <laughs> that I was like, you know what? Fuck this. You know? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to choose some porn. I'm going to choose some porn. And it was really just for the fact of getting back at him so that, you know, when it does come out, I can send him the link. And, um, yeah, it was kind of a revenge thing. Like, you know what? Fuck you. You fucked this girl. Guess what? I'm going to go and fuck on camera for everybody to see that your girlfriend freaking cheated on you because you cheated on me. So it was more of a revenge kind of thing. So, yeah. When he found out, oh, my God, it was the end of the world for him. He literally wanted to kill me. Luckily, I was living in California at the time, and I still am, because, I mean, I was born and raised in New York, and that's where we met, and, um, yeah, it was pretty intense, so he got his. I'm like, nobody fuck with me. If you're dating me, and if you fuck me over, I'm Latina. I will put fucking sugar in your gas tank. I will freaking cut up all your clothes and burn them. 
<laughs> or I will do porn. <laughs> exactly. That was the best. That was the best get back at him. So. Yeah. Well, clearly it's, I mean, clearly it's worked out for you. You're incredibly successful. I have to say, I've heard a lot of stories about people getting into porn. Revenge has been, not been one of them. So this no. is the first. No. No. Oh my God. So yeah, no. I was like, you're going to screw me? Fuck you. I'm going to screw you. Because I wasn't really aiming to stay in porn. And then after I had my first porn dick, I was like, why am I missing out? Like, this is some good <laughs> stuff here. No, really. I was like, holy cow, the guys I've been with, they're pretty small. Not that I'm a size queen, but after having my first porn dick, I'm like, oh my God, there's this kind of dick out there? I mean, I, I was so like ignorant to it all. And then, yeah, I was hooked. I was hooked. So tell me specifically about your first scene. Like, who was it with? What was it like? Like, how was walking onto set for the first time? All right, so my first porn scene, it was for Mofos. Um, I don't even know if Mofos is still around. I know it's part yeah, of there. For my yeah. And um, it was with a guy named Tony Rubino. It was more of a, like, a, a party scene. You know, back in the day, when you first start, you know, you do the team stuff and, like, those little, like, party scenes and stuff like that. And um, it was, like, two other couples so it's like a party but we obviously are just with each other and there was another couple and they were with each other and um yeah we were at a party and um basically um tony and i were fucking in front of the group and there was another couple side by side us fucking as well and you know that's the main concept of it i don't know what it was called again i forgot the website i know that's so crazy but yeah it was one of those kind of scenes like so so how was it? I mean, were you I was, nervous? I was very, very nervous, honestly. I mean, I've never done anything like that before. Like with the feature dancing, prior to the industry, I've never danced in my life. So going into something like this, I knew if my family found out, uh, they were going to kill me and they were never going to talk to me again. But it was something that also I was interested in as well when I got on set. I was like, you know what? This is something I've never done before. And like, it's like very daredevil of me so i was always a goody goody girl always in school on the honor roll always you know doing my best and for me to do this for me it's like kind of like the complete opposite you would never think that i would do something so crazy like that and it was kind of like also like taking control of my own sexuality you know getting on set and shooting with a guy that i just met for the first time i'm like how fucking yeah but i was nervous though i was nervous i was really nervous So how did you feel afterwards? I mean, did it make you feel like sexually empowered? Like how, because it sounds like that's how it made you feel, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. I was come drunk, obviously. (laughs) Like I said, I've never encountered that kind of dick before. I was come drunk and um, it was amazing. Honestly, I was actually very, very happy after the fact. I'm going in, like I said, I was nervous, but after the fact, I was like, Hell fucking yeah. Like, can you get paid and fuck? Like, hell yeah, I loved it. And then, of course, knowing that I'm getting back on my ex-boyfriend, too, on top of that. So I just made everything, like, yeah, it was, it was great. It was fucking great. It was real fucking and then, great. <laughs> <laughs> and then where did you go from there? Like, what were the next few scenes? Like, were they still for the Mind Geek brands? or Mind Geek brands. And um, I did... Um, a solo for them. <laughs> I remember it was like Super Bowl theme and I was putting like little footballs in my butt, but it wasn't an anal scene. It was like little footballs, like fucking my asshole. 
not deep penetration, but like just around with little footballs. And it was pretty cool because it was Super Bowl theme. So that was pretty cool. And then also, um, I remember, uh, what else? Oh, it was my first three-way with Missy Martinez and this cute white guy that I don't remember his name. He's not in the industry anymore, but it was Missy Martinez mm-hmm. and I. And um, it was her first um, boy-girl, like ever boy-girl. She's always in girl-girl for so long prior to right. you know, now. Um, but yeah, so I met her and we shot a three-way together and that was so much fun. Like I got to have a woman and a man at the, at the, for the first time ever in one bed. It's like really empowering and very <laughs> sexually daredevil for me, like being, yeah. you know, growing up, like I said, in the church and stuff like that. So I have the best of both worlds and that was really fun. We were just basically, yeah, we were like, we're freaking sluts. We're sluts. <laughs> were you into were you into girls before this with Mickey with Missy like had you had a lot of experience with women before I mean I've always been bisexual but I've never really like like geared I never really I mean I've talked to girls but I've never had like any girl girl like experience as far as like having sex with a woman I've always been curious mm. but getting into the industry I was able to really like really really figure out I do love girls I love being dominant with women. I'm very dominant with women. Oh my mm. gosh. Like for me, if I'm fucking a girl, I have to take control. Like for me, it's all about the control of the woman. And now I figure that out. It's crazy because being in the adult industry, you figure out what you like, what you don't like. And I figured out the things that I do like and what I don't like. So that was, that was pretty cool about that. And then the week after that, I came back to my, I went back to Miami and I shot a whole week for Bang Bros. And I shot a bunch of cool things, so it was fun. It was very fun. So I, I really began everything in Miami. Yeah. Right. So, so nice. you talked, um, you just touched upon, like, you kind of figured out what you like and what you don't like yeah. in porn, which I know a lot of girls do discover their sexuality in the adult industry. Um, how, because there's been a lot of talk lately about, you know, women's boundaries being crossed on set, women experiencing abuse on set. This is something that we've been talking about on my podcast forever, Mm -hmm. though it's kind of had this renewed um, resurgence lately with some terrible, terrible stories coming out. So how has that been for you? Like, have you ever had any of those bad experiences? Do you come to set and are you very um, kind of upfront about what your boundaries are? Like, how do you handle yourself? You know, it's crazy that, um, I've never really encountered that. I think that my little munchkin, poppy, stop it. That's my little puppy. Um, I think that people think because I'm Latina and I'm very, I come off very, not aggressive, but you can sense I have an aura about me that people, you have a, you have a strong personality for sure. I'm a bitch. So they don't try with me. They don't mm. even attempt it with me. So I think that's what it is. And, and I'm really nice. I'm really cool and sweet and very laid back. But people get this notion about myself that I'm a bitch. And I'm not a bitch. I'm really cool and sweet. But I think that's what it is. I think it's my personality and just me as a person that I'm very like, if I don't like something, I'm going to say it. If mm. I don't like my hair and makeup on set, I'll just let the, the producer know and be like, hey, listen, I'm not feeling my, my hair and makeup. Maybe they can do something different. Because if I tell the makeup artist, sometimes they get offended. So I'd rather yeah. tell the producer, I'd rather be like, you know, hey, I'm not really feeling it. Maybe you can tell the makeup artist something for me because they get offended. 
So I think it's just my personality, they don't attempt. I've only had one experience where a producer made me cry, um, and that's really hard to do, to make me cry on set. And um, but he was pretty mean to everybody on set, so it wasn't me. And then the next time I shot for him, he was actually, he was cool, he was sweet. But um, So what did he, how, why did he make you cry? Like, um, He was pushing for time, and he's like, you know, we got to get this done. And he was just uh, pressing me, and he's like, you know, and then I was messing up my lines because I wasn't ready. Like, he was stressing me out so much that I was messing up my lines. Like, I'm great with lines, but if you're pressing me and you're like, you're, you're making me feel stressed out and intimidating me, I'm not going to get my lines because I'm going to be so yeah. nervous and like shaking that I can't do it, you know? Yeah. So, but- yeah. so really what upset you was doing the dialogue, not the actual sex. Yeah, not the sex part. It was a dialogue where he, I was getting my lines wrong and then him like intimidating me and like yelling that it made me, I kept forgetting because, you know, I'm so nervous that you can't do your talent, you know? You got to be yeah. with them and, you know. That's like with the guy on set. You can't be a bitch, even if you don't like him or, you know, he might not be the most attractive. You can never be rude to the guy because if he thinks he looks like shit or doesn't perform properly, his dick is going to stay soft for the most part. Yeah. So you have to be cool, you know? That's that's how the dick works. It's all about the mind game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I definitely, I've said this before, I feel that working in the adult industry as a director or as a female performer and as a male performer, you really have to have good people skills because I've definitely had that experience where I'm pressed for time. I mean, honestly, we're almost always pressed for time, especially shooting feature movies and dealing with somebody who can't remember their lines. And the thing is, is that I can sympathize so much. I am the worst at remembering lines. I will write a script and I won't remember the lines that I wrote. I put myself as an extra in my own movies and I can't remember my own lines that I wrote. So I get it. Like yeah. that is not easy at all. Yeah. And then also, yeah, what you said about men, you know, and, and how you have to always kind of handle male talent with kid gloves a little bit, because you're right. It is like a whole mind fuck. If they it start is. to feel inadequate or insecure, then like that dick ain't going to work. It's not going to work. It's going to make the day so much more longer. So yeah. if you're not into the guy or anything, you have to really show him that you're into him and that he's God, that he's like, you know, so he can feel empowered and give a great scene because I've shot with new guys. And when you're super new, like I shot one of Seth Gamble's, one of his newer scenes, like when he was brand new and really, he literally bit me. Like, literally, he was ripping off my stockings, and he bit into my skin. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, my God. And I was so upset because he drew blood. <laughs> yeah. But it, was, it wasn't during sex. He was just biting off my stockings to do something, and it was like a fetish clip, and I was so angry. But then after the fact, I was like, you know what? He's awesome. I love fucking stuff. He's great. He's awesome. But, yeah, I remember shooting with him, and um, he bit my skin. Like, he literally he took a chunk like a vampire. Like, <laughs> yeah. But, yes, going back to that, I'm going on a tangent. Going back to the dude, yeah. You got to make him feel real good about himself. And because if not, his dick isn't going to work. It really isn't going to work. You have to really, yeah. like, and you have to be nice. Because some girls, they go on set and they think that they're hot shit and that, you know, it's all about them. But it's not really because if you want to give a good scene, both partners have to be in sync. You have to mm-hmm. be in sync. And it's both ends. The guy has to be nice because, I mean, if the guy's an asshole, I'm going to try my best to, like, you know, divert that and make him, you know, feel great. 
But if he's an asshole, I'm going to say he's an asshole. I've only had that yeah. happen one time where I just could not. Like, the guy was just so rude. But, um, yeah, I make the guy feel like God. Like, try to make him feel really good about himself. So, yeah. I give a, a really strong fuck and give a great scene because it goes like I had hand in hand. Hand in hand, so yeah, absolutely. There, yeah, like like I said before, it's very much like people skills yeah. times a thousand. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So if the guys mean, I mean, like I said, you gotta be kind of like, oh, okay, put up with a little bit. But if he's over the top, I mean, what can you do? You gotta really, I have to open my mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Many times, thank goodness. Thank goodness. Yeah. But also, too, though, some guys get intimidated. They think that I'm mean. When I'm mm. not, they just meet for the first time and um, they get scared. They think that I'm mean, that I'm going to like snap at them or something. So that's yeah. happened to me a few times. Yeah. I don't know what it is. What do I got to change about myself that the guys don't think that I'm scary or people don't think that I'm mean? I mean, I have confidence. Maybe it's confidence. I don't even know what it is, but. Some people think that I'm mean, and that's a handful of people that I get all the time thinking that they just meet me for the first time, and they're like, oh, I didn't know you were so nice and so sweet and kind. I thought I've always got this impression of you that, you know, you're a bitch. You look like you have a, like a, like a stuck-up face, like, you know, maybe I'm very shy. I'm a shy person. So meeting me for the first time, I'm, like, very quiet and reserved, so maybe that's what it is sometimes, too. Could be mm. that, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I never got the impression that you were a bitch. Even before I shot you, I don't remember ever hearing that or ever thinking that. I've heard a few people saying that, you know, they thought that I was mean, not that they, that I was mean to them, but their first impression of what they've seen that they think that I'm mean, just by looking at me, like, you know, just my face and, you know, with the way I carry myself. I, you know, I feel like that sometimes is this kind of misconstrued label that strong women get yeah. that if you're a strong woman and you're confident, like people translate that in, as being a bitch. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, as like with female CEOs, like female CEOs who have strong personalities, people tend to lit, label as a bitch, but male CEOs who have strong personalities, people tend to label as a leader. Yeah. That's actually a good, a good analogy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah it's kind of pretty frustrating. Yeah. Um, so speaking of guys, what is it like to date Nikki Delano? Like, how is dating for you? Is it difficult to meet guys? And like, how could a guy approach you if he was interested in taking you out? <laughs> this is a great question. Um, dating me is like dating the devil. <laughs> no seriously no no dating me i mean that's that's kind of like to ask one of my ex-boyfriends how is it dating me i mean i'm really cool and chill and um i've evolved in the way i've been like back in the day i used to be like really like not in the industry but like you know Back in the day, I used to be a really jealous person all the time. Like, I would think the guy's cheating on me. And now it's like, the guy's, I'm very laid back. So if you don't call me, it's cool. We don't have to talk every single day. You know what I mean? So I'm just like a laid back person. And, you know, I go with the flow. So, but if I find them cheating on me or doing something really bad, you know, I will go to your house and I'll break all your windows. So that's just one advice, you know. Getting to date me is like 
You're gonna get the sweet side, the loving side, the great sex, but don't fuck with me because I will fucking break it. <laughs> I will break your windows in your car. <laughs> I, I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I sound so evil. <laughs> See, I only know the side of Nikki Delano that gives me dick slippers. <laughs> I don't know that other side of you, and I hope I never find it out. Uh, I'm evil. <laughs> no, no, no. It's cool though. I mean, I'm very laid back, and like I'm a homebody when it comes to me, like not working. I'm that kind of person that I don't care what I do with a guy. We can watch a movie. We can snuggle. We can do whatever. For me, it makes me happy. I'm not, I'm not high maintenance like that. So it's, mm. yeah, I'm not high maintenance like that. But like I said, if they cheat on me or do something to me that's going to get me upset, then, you know, I'm not going to cut your clothes up or break your windows, but you're never going to hear from me again, basically. I'm not, yeah. I can't put up with people's nonsense. You know, we're getting right. old and life is too short. You know, there's so many fish in the sea. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think also, too, as one gets older, we start to realize that some people are just not worth our time because time is a precious commodity. It's the one thing that you can never get back. You can't buy more of it. So it becomes more valuable to us. So I don't know about you, but I find that the older I get, like my circle starts of friends just get smaller and smaller and the people I like to spend time with. Absolutely. I've noticed that a lot now, especially in the quarantine who are your real friends and who are not your real friends. Because I'm the type of friend you text first. I'll text you over and over again, see how you're doing, check in with you and stuff like that. But when I notice friends don't respond after a few messages and stuff like that, I just like, you know, I write them off, you know. I'm the yeah. friend that, because people are like sometimes, you know, you don't text back or you don't do that. I'm the opposite. I'm the person to text you, to check up on you. And I've noticed as well my friend circle gets smaller and smaller and smaller because as we get older, we don't put up with certain things anymore, you know? Like, and I get mm-hmm. we're busy, but there's certain things like, you know, like a high, once in a blue, you know? Mm-hmm. Here and yeah. There. But yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, but yeah. Especially with the pandemic, I've noticed a lot, a lot of people die off. A lot of people died off. Not yeah. <laughs> not, not literally. Not literally, but died off. <laughs> I know. Not from COVID. (laughs) Just in terms of your friendship circle. (laughs) It's crazy though, because I haven't heard of anybody in the adult industry getting COVID. Have you? I know of one person who used to assist me who moved to the East Coast who apparently got it, but it wasn't that bad. Um, And he's fine now. But yeah, otherwise, I don't actually know anybody firsthand who ever got it. Yeah, in the industry. So it's it's kind of like, I mean, it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. Yeah. Very. Um, being on our sets, we know now, like, we're very, I'm very germaphobe now. I'm a germaphobe for everything now. So being mm. on the set and being in the adult industry, we know more about hygiene than anybody because you have That's to be true. super clean, you know, especially if you're having sex, you know, you want to be yeah. overall clean. So now that the quarantine is being lifted and it looks like we're going to be cleared to go back to work probably by the middle of June, end of June. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling about that? Like, are you feeling safe to go back to work? Honestly, I'm a bit scared because, I mean, people on their daily times, what are they doing? We can't keep up with everybody's life. And with, mm-hmm. the, with the coronavirus, you can touch anything and you can get it. So mm-hmm. for me, it's like, we're going to be on set with so-and-so people. We don't know what they're doing on their personal time. You know, you can go to a bar yeah. and get it. 
You know, you can go yeah. shopping at the supermarket and get it. So it's like, I think on set, there's going to be way more precautions now. Um, mm -hmm. They're going to limit who's on set as well. Like, yeah. like one PA and a producer and the talent. Um, but even then, like you're the person you're working with, you know, I mean, I can tell you, yeah, I can tell you I've had quite a few meetings with like the FSC and, and yeah. MindGeek and stuff like that. And I, I can tell you that so far the idea for protocol in terms of like the companies that I will be shooting for, yeah. like MindGeek specifically, is the entire crew and the talent have to test yeah. the day before oh, um, yeah. they go to set. They have to get tested for coronavirus and it'll be integrated into the PASS system. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, the PASS system is our online STD testing database. So it'll be a way for people to check on people's results, not only for all the standard STDs that we test for, but also um, included in that will be COVID-19. So I can go on and see that you've tested the day before and that you were cleared to work. Um, and then we do, I just bought, oh, here it is. I just bought a touchless thermometer. Oh, so I have to take everybody's temperature before they come on to set to make sure yeah. that it's normal. And um, we are going to be like renting out like one location for probably multiple back-to-back -back days to avoid cross-contamination. Mm -hmm. And I have to keep the same crew members for those days. Everybody's supposed to go home and quarantine, which – you know, obviously, like you said, you can't control what people do when they go home at night, but just one has to trust that people aren't going out to a protest or a bar or something like that yeah. afterwards. And uh, we have to wear the crew. We have to wear masks, um, have lots of hand sanitizer on set, make sure that we wipe down surfaces, yeah. um, have individually wrapped like foods, like all these like little things. Um, so, you know, we're, we're looking at some pretty strict regulations in terms of when we start back up, but you know, nothing's foolproof. So everybody who comes on set has to accept that they run the risk of, of catching it for sure. Yeah. And also though, what if you're booked back to back for two different scenes that can be possible anymore then? Because of what if you're like, I'm shooting back to back, you can't really do that because then how are you going to get tested the day before or you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. It'll force people to have to really space out their days and people won't be able to work that much in a certain month. But again, these are, you know, it's going to, I think, start off really strict. And then as hopefully as numbers go down, they'll loosen the rules a little bit. Yeah. So we'll just kind of see, but I know for you, you do really well on your own um, content platforms. You're really big on Snapchat. So maybe tell us a little bit about, you know, how that works for you. What are your most popular platforms? What kind of stuff do you do for those platforms? For me, um, it's OnlyFans and it's fan center for Snapchat. And what does well for me is the amateur stuff. Like guys really like the stuff that's amateur based. Like I can be like, I'm going to the mall and I'm looking for dick to suck or a dick to fuck. And, you know, I go to the mall and, you know, I go find my person and, you know, I do my thing in the car or like in the parking lot. And they love that kind of stuff. It's like, it's really for them. It's, they get off on that. They really do. Or I'll, I'll suck dick in a movie theater. <laughs> Not in a real movie theater, but I'll go to the theater and I'll do the skit up to, you know, up to it. And then, you know, I have my little secrets and yeah, they love it.
they love the amateur stuff. It's really, they want to feel like it's real. Like, yeah, and it, they probably also want to feel like it's a chance that they could be that guy at the mall who absolutely. you absolutely. pull out of the crowd and like suck his dick in the car. Yeah, and I've gone to like, I've gone hiking. I've even gone to Running Canyon and I sucked dick and I fucked. I, I, got, I got fucked at Running Canyon with Layla wow. Tavar and a, um, another guy, a male. And um, yeah, so. So these are pretty elaborate scenes that you come up with. Mm -hmm. And I'm all about just like trying to break the the barrier. If I can just get away with it. Like I want to get away with it. And I've done stuff where it's like I'm walking and a fan comes up to me in like a unmarked truck van. And that, you know, like, you know, we have sex in the back of his van, stuff like that, which obviously it's not a real thing, but it's, it's realistic. So, right, right. Yeah, you're still selling like, a fantasy. They want to they feel like it's them. And um, that's what I really do. And I also do like themes like where I'm wearing like um, for superhero, like for like Halloween, I'll do like a superhero theme. Like, you know, I'm fucking Batman and Batman's fucking Superwoman and stuff like that. So, and I mix up the con, I mix up the, um, the towns that I work with, you know, like the girls and the guys. And I also do like fuck a fans, you know. Um, um, fuck a fan, stuff like that too. And yeah, I just mix things up and have contests all the time. And yeah, it's fun. So you also do a lot of feature dancing. So I would imagine you probably put together some pretty dope outfits for that, that maybe you also use for your, for your scenes that you self-produce. I do. I have so much, I'm like all about sparkly. Like as you can see, look at my, my shoes. They're so sparkly. <laughs> I'm all about sparkles and stuff like that. Hold on one second. You can go out there. My little dog wants to get out. He's like whining like a little baby. Go. So much again. Um, for me, like you guys can see the butt. <laughs> oh, I see it, girl. <laughs> I'm all sparkles and shiny things, and um, yeah, I put them on my sets and stuff like that. But like I said, I like to do a lot of the amateur stuff. So I'm wearing like workout clothes, itty bitty shorts, like stuff like that. But when I do like elaborate stuff, like maybe like I'm, I'm doing like a salsa thing or some kind of something like that of dancing, then I'll use my um my feature costumes for that. But mainly just normal clothes, but like. Booty clothes, like a little tube top to go hiking with some little booty shorts and stuff like that. So that's more of my attire for that stuff. What's the craziest one that I've done? I think it would have to be the one where I'm going to the mall and I'm looking for dick. And I'm basically talking step by step. Hey, guys, I'm going to the Topanga Mall. I'm looking for a guy to suck him off in the parking lot. And I had a bunch of people talk crap thinking that, you know, I was actually doing it. And like really, really doing it, and girls talking shit, and I'm like, you guys all shoot content. You guys all know these things, these little these little tricks of the trade. So yeah, they were talking shit about it. I'm like, you guys are so ignorant. It must have been that great that they, you know, they. Yeah, I mean, and you gotta obviously like be careful. You can't actually do these things in public specifically because. Yeah. I actually just had um, Maven Doll and BDSM Neem on recently, and they were a couple in Arkansas who did do some public videos. And it was really tame stuff. Like she did a blowjob thing like in some corner in like some huge like national park where there was like nobody around. 
and like some panty flashing, I think in Home Depot and like vibrating panties in a restaurant, but it was all like, you know, and nobody saw them at the time that they were doing it, but somebody tipped off the police and this is in Arkansas. So we're talking about a pretty conservative state. Yeah, And they took off the police and then they like ended up embroiled in this horrible legal battle where they were holding like, I think 14 felonies over their heads, which if they got convicted of, they would have to register as sex offenders. Oh, that sucks. Can you imagine? That's crazy. Who would even? Yeah. So like it can really go south for you. But I think that what you're doing where you know, you have the setup in public places, but you fake where the sex is, yeah. but it seems like it's all in that place. That's how you That's how do I, those kinds of scenes. Yeah. Like it's, I say it and I'm, I'm snapping to the point of it, but really it's mm-hmm. not officially there. You know what I mean? Like they think yeah. it's there, but it really isn't there. So yeah. It's yeah. That's how you do it. The mind fuck. Smoke and mirrors, baby. That's the movie business. Yeah. It's all about the mind fuck and believing in it. So, mm-hmm. and I love yeah. it though, cause it's like, it's so good. It's so lucrative. I mean, the guys love it. And also, you know, they get to come to it and they enjoy it. So it goes both ways. Really. And for me, I get off on it too. I get off on it. It's fun. It's so much yeah. fun just going to the movie theater and like, you know, actually about to do it and not really doing it there, but like yeah. the fact that, you know, you get this rush. Oh, hello. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it must be fun as well to be able to produce your own content and come up with your own ideas and not like have to come to set and be given a script and being like, okay, this is what you have to do for somebody else. Absolutely. I find it's so much easier to do my own thing. So it's less time and it's more rewarding for me because I have a content, I'm making the, the money of it. And also, you know, benefiting from it because I can reuse the content for different platforms and um, mm. make way more money than um, an actual set base because we don't have residuals on set. So right. at least I can use my own content and do that. But I will. Sh- yeah. I do shoot for companies, just not as often as I want anymore. I mean, not as often as I, I, I it's, it's a hit and miss. It depends on what the project is. For me, I think it's just the fact that I know for my own content, I could do, I do so well that mm. having to be on set for so and so amount of time where I could just do it myself and within an hour or two, you know, do the same and make way more. And it's more rewarding for me because, you know, I'm producing it. I'm shooting it. I am, I have my talent with me. I'm, it's all me and it's, it's fun and I get off on yeah. it. So I think that for me is a huge factor, huge factor. Yeah. Huge factor. I mean, there's a lot of talk right now, especially, you know, with, I think COVID has, you know, obviously forced people to quarantine. So porn is kind of shut down. Girls have been forced to shoot more of their own content. And I think they've gotten a better handle on how to market and sell it. So a lot of people are feeling more empowered and feeling that they make more money producing their own content I mean, I see so many girls saying like, I'm not coming back to shoot for studios anymore. I'm just not doing it. I'm going to do my own content. And, you know, there are people that are talking about like porn is dead and the studio model is dead and it's just going to be only fans from here on out. What do you think about that? Do you think that that's true? Um, For certain girls who've built their brand already, I think that's going to be true. But we still need the porn for the new girls to build up their name and get their name out there. But for the girls who are established and they have a name and bigger name girls, 
I'm pretty sure that's if they're saying that, then I I I think they're gonna do that. But like for the new yeah. girls, they need that those shoots, those scenes to be out there in the public so that they can build their name. But mm-hmm. yeah, so we're gonna see way more new girls for sure on that. But yeah, I think for a lot of established girls, that's gonna be the new way. Because I mean, yeah. they've been doing it for three months now, making their own money. You know, with yeah. their own content and. They've probably built a system of how they're making their money. And I'm sure there's so many girls struggling because they don't know how to really do it. Or, you know, so those girls are going to go back to porn. And the girls who have their system in, in check already, and they're making, you know, so-and-so. And sky's the limit with platform. You can make as much as you want, but you have to really put in the time and effort and really, you know, sell it and promote it. That's the thing. And I think that that's where some girls are going to fall short because it is a hustle. I mean, you have to work. That shit is not handed to you and it is a competitive market. So um, if you're willing to do all that work, then yes, you can support yourself and you don't need the big name studios. But if you're not, then, you know, probably a healthy mix of doing studio work for people that you want to work for, where you get like a guaranteed paycheck, you get your name out there, and then also shooting your own content works for some girls. I just think it's different for everybody. Or um, Fan Central, when I was a unicorn, which I still am, but when it wasn't getting deleted all the time, I was in the six-figure mm. mark every month. Six-figure yeah. marks on Snapchat. Yeah, people people can't believe it when I tell them that, yeah, it's that, that girls can make that much money. Like, yeah. it blows their mind. It's just, they don't believe it, but it's, it's possible. There's girls, yeah. I know a girl named Britannia, she makes... 200,000 a month on Snapchat, you know, but she doesn't shoot yeah. porn. I mean, she shoots porn, but just only her stuff. And she's yeah. a reality TV star for VH1 and stuff like that. So you yeah. have to really market yourself. It's all about branding and promoting yourself and you could really make a lot of money. So, yeah. And there's YouTubers now, YouTubers on OnlyFans and Snapchat, and they're making a lot of money as well. So it's all about branding, branding yourself. This is true. This is true. Yeah. For myself, this whole quarantine has been a wonderful opportunity to focus on marketing for my podcast and that kind of thing. So, um, I, the, the forced slowdown from works actually, I think been beneficial to make a lot of people more realize that they could be more independent, which is great. You know, it's yeah. important to have, I think the shift of power into the hands of the performers is a really good move. You know, even the playing field gives them more, more say in their work, um, it gives them more value. And I think these are all really good things. Absolutely. And we don't have to put up with like bad attitudes. And sometimes right. producers think that we need them. In reality, they need us. So I think this is a new a new era right now. After the pandemic, we're going to see how things are going to go. It's going to be a new era in porn, technically, yeah. in my opinion. So. Yeah, I, I've I've talked to quite a few producers who've been kind of freaking out a little bit, and they're like, "Oh my god!" Like, you know, like, are we going to have anyone to shoot when we come back? And these girls, and they're not shooting anymore. They're making too much of their own money. And I'm just like, I'm not worried about it because, first of all, like, yeah, a lot of girls aren't going to come back to shooting, but a lot of girls still are. Yeah, and I feel confident that you know people enjoy working with me enough that like they'll come back to shoot for me. Absolutely. Um, and some of the stuff that I do, and I'm really only now working for Twisties and Playboy. Yeah. So, you know, those are two brands that people love to shoot for. And I've always felt that the performers need to be more valued and girls 
deserve to be treated better. So I'm happy to see this shift of power. I think it's empowering for women. And as a woman, I support that. Absolutely. You made so many great points there. And if the producers loved and people love them, they're going to shoot for them. They're going to like yourself. Yeah. Definitely. I, I agree with that a hundred percent. So if you get treated on set by the producer prior and the, the talent love you, no matter what, even if they're making so much on their platform, they're going to come back and shoot for you. So yeah, it's all about treating the talent with respect and love and they do the same for you. It goes hand in yeah. hand, half and half. And really, I I only want to have people on set who want to be there. You know, I'd rather not have people who are on set because they need the money or they have to. So I feel like, you know, people who are going to come back and shoot for me, the more established performers are going to do it because they're like, I like working with Holly. I like this concept. I like what we're doing. And I just feel like it makes a better day for everybody, you know? Yeah, no, no. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Nikki, thank you so much for coming on. This was really, really fun. Yeah, thank you for having me. I had so much fun. It's been a couple hours, and I, it doesn't even feel like it. <laughs> it really has been. We did. We it has been literally exactly two hours. No way. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had a little bit of setup time. We had to make sure we put your Nikki Delano stand up in the background and you did decorate your show. I have a twin back there, guys. I have a twin. Literally, I have a twin. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Um, Can you tell everybody where they can find you on social media? Give us all your all your links. Yes. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nikki Delano. N-I-K-K-I-D-E-L-A-N-L. And they're both verified, so don't get catfished. And you can follow me every Wednesday on my radio show on Vivid, um, Sirius XM 415, 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST. And my new public Snapchat is Nikki D. baby. I hope it doesn't get deleted by the I time know, this right? episode comes out. It lasts about three months, my public Snapchat. Like, I'm okay, well, this, this this episode will come out before the end of three months, so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we'll get that. Months, so, but it happens a lot. So, but thank you, Holly. Thank you so much. Of course, of course. And you guys can follow me at Holly Randall on Twitter and on Instagram. And of course, support my podcast at patreon.com slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. Um, thank you, Nikki, so much for coming on. Thank you. For the dick slippers, which I will always cherish. I love it. And guys, you got to watch this. If you don't, your dicks are going to fall off. So, (laughs) (laughs) Sponsored by Nikki. (laughs) Just kidding. But yeah, it's going to be awesome. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. All right, guys, we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to my show. If you're a longtime listener or a new one, I've got a lot of interviews. So make sure you check out everything from the beginning of my catalog because there's some real gems back in the early days of the show. And if you enjoy this show, there's a couple of things that you can do to support it. First of all, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, rate me five stars and leave a review. It's incredibly helpful to get my show up in the charts. Secondly, you can join my Patreon for as little as $5 a month and watch the interviews stream live, which by the way, gives you access to my episodes way before anyone else. You can also get signed prints, books, merchandise, such as shirts and mugs, access to my private Snapchat, and a free membership to my website, hollyrandall.com. Plus, I offer tons of bonus content 
Q&A with your favorite guests that you cannot hear on the free platforms. And of course, my exclusive bonus podcast, my LA porn life that I do with my production manager, Eva. It gives you a real and hilarious insight into what it takes to run a small porn company like mine. Because trust me, my job, though stressful, awkward, and facepalm ridiculous as it is sometimes, well, it's never boring. And we definitely give you the juicy behind-the-scenes dish that you can't get anywhere else. Plus, Eva's dating life is absolutely hilarious, and she holds nothing back. So go to patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered and join the community. Your, your support helps me in my journey to change people's minds about the adult industry and hopefully the lives of the people in it. Next week on the podcast, I have Isaiah Maxwell. Isaiah is a very popular porn star. You could definitely say he is in the top tier of male performers. And he is on to talk about how he got started in the industry. It's kind of actually a different story than most other male performers that I've spoken to. So that was really interesting. And of course, since he is African-American, we have to talk about his experience with racism and porn, which is such an incredibly important topic. And it's something that definitely needs to be discussed with an open heart, an open mind, and a willingness to change. So I very much appreciate him coming on and telling us his perspective. So make sure that you come back next week for Isaiah Maxwell on Holly Randall Unfiltered.